A big thanks to our Patreon supporters, Haley K, Claire G, Mina K, and Nicholas Haynes of the Sketchy Nonsense Podcast. If you would like to help support our show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash topropechef. You can pledge an amount to give to us every month, get your name right at the beginning of every episode, and get some perks like getting episodes that you can't get on our normal feed. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Chef. Thanks. We're cooking up some recipes, gonna give them a spin. If you're messing with Top Rope Chefs, you can never win. Whoa. We'll be leaving you in the kitchen, wishing you were beaten, battered, and fried. And we'll be cooking up some main dishes to search and yummy things on the side. Can you take the heat? 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 Welcome to Top Rope Chef, the podcast about food and wrestling. We are cooking through the WWE cookbook that was written in the year 2000, talking about wrestling, talking about wrestlers, and talking about the recipes in this very book. Today, bread, chicken, and steak. My name is Bradley Butterbuns Jones, with me as always. Jacqueline Careless Whisper Maynard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right before we started the show I, I, I told Jacqueline George Michael had passed away She didn't know I could have sworn that he was still alive Until moments ago <laughs> Oh man uh, What a big bad bummer Yeah Now let's pull it together and have a fun show for everyone In a world without George Michael <laughs> Well at least both of our wrestlers today are alive That's a plus They are? This is just yeah. topsy turvy all over. <laughs> That's a fun one. <laughs> Jacqueline, uh, before we get started, we always do a little drink uh, before we start the we show. Do. Are you drinking anything this evening? Well, I'm getting sick. I think you gave it to me over mm-hmm. the video camera last week. I think that's how that it's works. It's definitely yeah. how it works. Um, but I am, instead of alcohol, I am drinking Waterloo sparkling watermelon water. And I like it because it tastes like watermelon. See? I could have sworn you hated artificial watermelon. But it's not artificial. It's all natural organic flavors. Non-GMO. I thought, I thought maybe it was just watermelon in general. Is it just artificial watermelon? You oh, no, like? I did make that claim. That wasn't true at all. <laughs> okay. Backpedaling Maynard. <laughs> I don't like um, ripe watermelon. I like it when it's like tart. Oh, yeah, okay. Like sour, I, sour I, I take a stance and I dig my heels in, and then a couple weeks later, I totally change my mind. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. Yeah, I think everyone's getting the cold. It's just the thing that everyone's getting. Like, people I know have, like, come in and out of the cold. It's just, it's just a, a thing that's catching everybody. It's a bummer. Yeah. It's not fun. But this watermelon drink sure is fun. It's like super carbonated when you open it, and then it immediately loses the carbonation, which I love. Because <laughs> you hate carbonation. I do. What are you drinking? I saw you had a brown bottle over there. Uh, my brother brought this and left it at my house, which is great because I don't didn't have to buy it. Uh, it's Great Lakes Brewing Company Oktoberfest beer, a Marzen-style lager. It has a little copy on here. Prost! I don't know how to say that. Prost! Our take... Prost! On our take on this classic German style is a celebration of malt, maltiness packed with a rustic autumnal 
flavors to put a little more oomph in your oompapa. That's so fun. fun. So <laughs> autumnal is that? That's how you say it, right? Autumnal. 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 Brewed and bottled by the Great Lakes Brewing Company of Cleveland, Ohio. Ah, oh, boo! Ohio can't say anything about the Great Lakes. I know. I mean, they touch Erie, which is not a Great Lake. It's the worst of the Great Lakes. It shouldn't even be a Great. It lake. is. It's so polluted, especially over by Cleveland. Yeah. Ugh. I read a lot. I mean, I think we maybe we've talked about it in an episode, even maybe in an after show or something, just how polluted that Lake Erie is. It's, it's so freaking polluted. Monstrous. You couldn't even swim yeah. in it for a while. On and off. What is so? What does autumnal beer taste like? Um, it's just a basic lager. Uh, what do I compare it to? It's just like better than like a Budweiser or a Blue Moon or a little Blue Light. I mean. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's in that same range. If I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that Ohio once again has dropped the ball. <laughs> um, no, they're it's okay. No, it's re- it's agree with me. It's fine. It's not making me sick or nothing. Uh, not like these recipes, Brad. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jumping right into the gate. I say we start with Farouk. All right, and then Bradshaw, and then we go into talking about both of them. Let's do it, Farouk. Farouk, real name Ron Simmons, a name that is everybody's dad's name, and he looks like everybody's dad. he started wrestling in the early 90s maybe maybe a little bit late 80s i had to imagine he trained and then just got a little bit big yeah he was the first ever (laughs) african-american world heavyweight champion in wcw when he beat van vader was he was i didn't i didn't watch that match but i bet it was yeah it's it's pretty short he just gets van vader in a big old body slam which is impressive, because if you don't know who Van Vader is, who also just recently passed away. so I mean, <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back down. He was a giant guy, like 400 pounds. He was probably billed at. Just a giant man in a mask. Went all over town, being the heel of a territory. Big in Japan, literally and figuratively. He had like a, a face mask that was really upsetting. It looked like a thong for your face, you know? It like went, it like was like a strip over his nose, and then it spread out sideways over his mouth, and it spread out like in a V over his head too. Almost more jockstrappy than thong, yeah. in my opinion. But. Yeah, that's probably true. Like it's like if he put underwear on his head or a jock. But he was this big, scary dude, and he was the champion. And then Ron Simmons beat him, and there was like a giant celebration. All the good guys in the back poured out the entrance ramp, and like went up like beside him lifted him up and cheered him on it was just a huge victory for ron simmons and a very bold thing to have done in 1992 to make your world heavyweight champion african-american in a like public you know they're a nationwide company seen all over the world so yeah was that before or after he was in the na- the nation of domination this was 1992 so it was before oh, okay mm-hmm. groundbreaking after that he kind of fell off was a mid-carter guy, lost the championship again to Vader, went to ECW, and then finally came to WWF as the leader of the nation of domination, Farouk. Which was, it was like a group, it was all black guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they were, they were, they were billed as being from Africa or Islam? 
It was like kind of yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of like Black Pantherish in a way. Yeah, I want to say yeah. It's kind of what it was sort of based on. And he was the leader of that, and there was also mm-hmm. Rock. The Rock was in that as Rocky yeah. Mavia, right? Rocky Mavia, yeah. Mavia. Uh oh, the Godfather was before he was a Godfather. D'Lo Brown, Mark D'Lo Henry. D'Lo and Mark Henry. Okay, so all the black wrestlers were in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's all I know. Well, he had a giant feud for the leadership of that oh. faction with The Rock. Yeah, he did. Which he... And that was kind of when The Rock was coming up and people started to cheer him and love him. Yeah. Yeah. Had a big feud with The Rock, I think, for the IC title. I don't think he ever like one-upped him. Eventually, the Nation of Domination dissolved once The Rock kind of like took over as just like the main focal point of storylines, and The Rock just ascending into the greatest, you know, people's champion, the star that he was. The greatest WWE champion there ever has been. Those are his words. (laughs) (laughs) And Farouk broke off and became a member of the Acolytes with the other person we're talking about today. Yeah. James Bradshaw Layfield, I think yep. is his name. John Layfield. JBL. Layfield. Mm-hmm. And they became the Acolytes, who were kind of like an evil tag team that worked underneath the Undertaker and did, like, evil bad things. Which we mentioned in the Midian episode. They, like, helped sacrifice a dude. It was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they would just come out with, like, I know Bradshaw would have, like, weird face paint and marks all over their body, like, say, Oh, yeah. Pentagrams and stuff was, like, a huge oh, thing. yeah. And they were just, you know, the assistants to the great evil one that was the Undertaker and big scary dudes to beat people up. They basically wore tight um, leggings with a, a pentagram on the side and, like, gold foil. And that was it. They were pretty unremarkable. Two big scary dudes that had credibility. They could wrestle pretty well, and they were both strong guys. They had a great tag team run together. I would assume they had to have been champions a few times, but I didn't fact check that. Uh, I opened it in Wikipedia and then scrolled really fast and didn't actually read anything about that. I was like, oh, champions. <laughs> and what I liked was then when they became the Acolyte Protection That agencies. was my favorite. Once the Ministry of Darkness kind of disbanded and everyone's kind of trying to find new places to put their characters. Suddenly, people started, other wrestlers started coming up to the Acolytes asking for protection because they'd been getting beaten up by other teams and they were paying the Acolytes money to protect them and they became the APA, the Acolyte Protection Agency. And in all their vignettes, they were just sitting in back rooms at card tables, drinking beer and smoking cigars and like playing cards. That was what they yep. did. And then they beat people up for fl- Floozy women. All sorts of things happen in there. They had a weird like backstage gimmick where there was a fake door like you'd see at like a theater where it's just like the door frame just like in the middle of nowhere and they would make people come in through the door to talk Oh to yeah. <laughs> and if they didn't they had to go back out and go back through the door. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. I forgot about that. Hey, man, where you been? Hey, the door's locked. We'll use the key. Oh, I forgot. Talking about more Farouk stuff, he retired. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame. 
he's still used from time to time from backstage segments because he has a catchphrase that everyone loves and expects. Do you remember what that catchphrase is, Jacqueline? Damn! <laughs> Damn! There would always be some sort of wacky hijink backstage that didn't make sense. It was weird. It was Mick Foley, like, throwing pies at people or just some goofy thing happening, and then suddenly the camera would pan to Ron Simmons. There would be a long pause... The pause would drag on, and eventually, damn, damn! <laughs> Can you have a catchphrase if it's just a common word that people use, though? Oh, yeah, oh. for sure. Okay. And yeah, he's got a catchphrase. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about him. I don't really remember him. I didn't really, like, ever get into them wrestling i just like their backstage stuff and that was about it yeah it's just a big scary dude who would uh power slam you and punch you real good and he was, was a strong guy he's a big scary man he looks like he played football yes he looks like the last person i'd ever want to get in a fight with mm, i don't agree with that there's a lot of other wrestlers i would get <laughs> i would not want to get in fights with before him <laughs> but he just he looks like he looks like he used to like play football in like high school or college like those years probably true. and then he's like since settled down and got married and like wears button-ups kind of like what you're wearing actually red <laughs> plaid button-ups <laughs> and it's just like a full-on dad, a dad. i bet he wears pleated khaki pants with a belt now like a dark brown belt with some maybe some not some loafers but not far off from loafers either so the second i bit into this the first the first thing i said when i bit into this recipe that we cooked was this tastes like grandpa food <laughs> yeah in that it has no flavor whatsoever yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly grandpa would love this yeah they love it or they just tolerate it because they've given up on life one of the two. No, it's total grandpa food, Ugh. without a doubt. Ugh. Something terrible happened with Jacqueline. A little, little cliffhanger. This... Three minutes from now, you'll know what that is. This is a horror show. Three minutes from now? Probably. Let's get into the recipe. Oh, let's do it. Farouk's low-fat fried chicken. Get in the ring, jump, and let's thump. A couple of blows, and I'ma put you on your rump. Chop, chop, bam, then a left, right, left, and a kick, and a pin to the one, two, three, then it's over with. So give that bell a whack, and I'ma put this man on his back, cause when I'm in the ring, I'm a wrestling nightmare, straight from Georgia, and if you don't think I'm hard, you ought to put on your trucks, let's go to war, straight up knuckle, I'ma slam your head against the turnbuckle, a one man army ready to fight, slamming bodies left and right, so keep talking all that junk, but bring it to the circle, and I'ma put your body on the mat, punk, cause I don't really think you want none, you made a mistake when you stuck to run. Farouk, Ron Simmons, grew up eating his granny's southern fried cooking in Warner Robins, Georgia. After earning All-American honors on the gridiron at Florida State University and playing some pro football, Ron got into pro wrestling and began to train hard to perfect his physique. Reducing his fat intake was an important part of his new diet, and this recipe is one of his favorites. Many ingredients to this recipe, let's start it off. Light vegetable oil cooking spray, six skinless chicken legs, three chicken breasts skinned and halved, three and a half cups ice water, one cup plain low-fat yogurt, one cup Italian breadcrumbs, one cup all-purpose flour, one tablespoon Old Bay seasoning, half teaspoon Creole seasoning or Paul Prudhomme's Magic Seasoning Blend, half teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, dash of cayenne pepper, half teaspoon dried thyme, half teaspoon dried basil, half teaspoon dried oregano. Seven steps to this 
Recipe. Step one, preheat the oven to 400 degrees. Step two, coat a baking sheet with five sprays of vegetable oil. Step three, put the chicken and ice water in a large bowl. Put the yogurt in a medium bowl. Set both bowls aside. Step four, toss all the remaining greens into a large Ziploc bag. Seal and shake well to mix. Step five, remove two pieces of chicken from the ice water. Pat them dry and roll them in the yogurt. Put the pieces into the plastic bag, reseal it, and shake it to coat the chicken thoroughly. Transfer the breaded chicken to the baking sheet. Six, repeat the process until all 12 pieces are breaded. Step seven, spray the chicken lightly with vegetable oil. Place the baking sheet on the bottom shelf of the oven and bake for one hour, turning the pieces of chicken every 20 minutes so that they brown evenly. Makes four servings. Jacqueline, what do you think of Farouk's low-fat fried chicken? I think I'm never eating chicken again. (laughs) I did, let's start at the top here. First of all, what is light vegetable oil cooking spray? Cooking spray is already light. It's already less oil than you would use. So that's silly. As far as the chicken goes, I just use drumsticks because I felt like that was easier. Yeah. And I also saw your picture where you did (laughs) only drumsticks. So I did drumsticks and then I followed the recipe pretty exactly. I I didn't measure how many cups of ice water. I just put a bowl with ice water, which I've never done with chicken. Have you done that? No, I'm not quite sure what it does. Maybe like stiffens the chicken up or um, makes it so you can cook it longer. There's got to be a a reason for it, I would think. It doesn't say like how long to leave it in there. That's why it just seemed no. really weird. Anyways, okay, that was bizarre. Maybe just flash like cold, like freezes them a little bit. Maybe <laughs> get that last little bit of like thawing out of the chicken if you're like leaving it to thaw. I just bought it unfrozen. Okay. Well, hmm. well that was frozen. Yeah. Um, I used soy yogurt and I just used gluten free flour instead of breadcrumbs because gluten free breadcrumbs are wildly expensive. It's like $7 for a little tub of it. It's so crazy. So I just wasn't going to do that. Um, yeah. And I did all that stuff. I, I, I don't even know how much more seasoning I just put in. I just put it in until it looked like colorful because it, otherwise it would just be flour. It's so much flour and breadcrumbs and stuff yeah you're not wrong i I wish i would have doubled all of my seasonings for sure i think i like time sixed them it was that could be that'd be a good way to do it yeah um so then i cooked it and i did all that stuff but when i went to like check i pulled it out of the oven i didn't cook it for a full hour either because that's absolute insanity you don't cook drumsticks at 400 a full hour what Mm-hmm. 400 degrees for drumsticks for a full hour. Mm-hmm. Did you have to drink water with your chicken? It was so dry. No, it was great. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we... I loved it. Found the solution to the problem I'm about to talk about. So I <laughs> I went to cut into this chicken and I like had a, like a steak knife and I held it with a fork and I sliced it and blood shot up like a Bruce Campbell style gore movie, a comical gore movie shot straight up in the air and got all over my hands in like this blood spatter pattern and it was absolutely horrifying i've never had chicken do that ever i've never had chicken bleed on me let alone shoot through the air to bleed on me it was so gross and then it just sat there like pulsing and oozing out of the drummy it was so nasty so i had to take a step away and then i went back and like picked up another one and sliced that one and that one also bled it wasn't as picturesque maybe as the first one and then I... Were you slicing them to see how done they were? 
Yeah, I just wanted to make sure they were done because I wasn't cooking them for an hour. But they were totally done, though. They were just bleeding. And then I had husband go and check one, and the one he checked was fine, so that's the one that I ate. And I I didn't really... Okay, so I didn't eat it. I took a bite, and then I, like, pushed it around my plate like a little kid does when they don't want to eat, and that was it. And I I really don't think I'm going to ever eat this again. The full hour was needed, I think. My chicken were, were also, like, a little red in spots. But I just kind of ignored it and just turned the chicken, did what he said. Three turns, 20 minutes, full hour. The chicken looked great. Nothing burned. There was some darkened uh, breadcrumb like bits on it, but it didn't, wasn't like it didn't taste bad or nothing. The only thing, the only complaint I have is it wasn't seasoned enough. I had to put a bunch of hot sauce on my chicken. What I would, I don't understand the, like dipping it in yogurt either. The yogurt just acts as the binding agent for everything, the spices and everything. I think they use maybe like lard if they were going to like make like KFC chicken or whatever, like really deep fried chicken. I think you dip it in egg, egg batter. I don't know. Maybe, maybe egg. But the yogurt is the low fat way to do it. And for whatever reason, mine turned out really good. Ah, mine Other did not. the fact it was just under seasoned. Even with all that seasoning, mine didn't taste like anything. I might have been traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I think I think that if you were to marinate it in yogurt, that would work out a lot better. Cuz then that would make it like soft. And it didn't seem to matter. It didn't it didn't seem to matter. You and I I think this recipe is fine the way it is. It just needs to be seasoned the hell up. Yeah. But I, the cooking is fine. The 1 hour thing is fine. The bottom shelf of the oven is fine all that stuff's fine did you use five sprays of vegetable oil <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> really i counted them yeah. out and then i added more because i didn't trust it <laughs> <laughs> uh i maybe i'd use and then i read at the last second to like actually spray the chicken so i was like oh i gotta make sure i do that so i lightly sprayed the top of the chicken too yeah i did i did remember that i don't know I just, I don't, tr- I didn't trust it. Maybe that's, I went in with reservations. Gotta have no reservations. Mm-hmm. You, you were hesitant and you dropped the ball on the, on the, on the goal line, I think. Maybe the ghost, the ghost of George Michael could sense that. <laughs> Maybe that's what was bleeding out of my chicken. I would suggest just cooking your chicken again for a little bit longer. Over whatever time you didn't put it in for. Maybe. Yeah, I'm Don't not. It for a half hour, maybe do another half hour on it. Uh, if husband wants to eat it, he can do that. I'm not eating this ever again. <laughs> this is all. Just fry it in a pan. That'd be fine too. That's what I plan to do with my leftovers. Because it's kind of tricky to if you have fried things that are leftovers, like chicken or even like French fries. But if you put a little bit of oil in a pan, you can get that fried flavor right back into the food. Or you can pop that bitch in a toaster oven. So good. French fries. That's the secret to French fries. <laughs> Just put it in the toast oven. So, Jacqueline, what do you rate Farouk's low-fat fried chicken? Uh, zero. Ooh. Zero stars. No. Wait, no. no. It's my rating. Uh, 3.75 from me. You just did it so it wouldn't be buried. No. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was good. It just, it, it, it could have been a four if it would have been seasoned properly, but this... Chicken, I will cook again, so I'm oh. giving it a high rating. I just want to do it with different seasonings. Hmm. The yogurt is a great hack. Never thought of that, but that holds everything together. Just got to pound on them seasonings, and the one-hour cooking method was great. 
I kind of want to even try it with different forms of chicken, chicken breast, chicken thighs. Try that out. You know, I think the, so the soy yogurt, it's, I mean, it's obviously not yogurt, but it didn't like, it just like slid off of everything. So that didn't do anything. I use low-fat Greek yogurt, and that seemed to that's, stay on the chicken. Yeah, that's Greek yogurt is like super thick. That would be a really good one to try. Maybe I'll try this again, but with not chicken. I'll try it with something else. I'll try it with tempeh. That actually might be good. Yeah, try the uh, the yogurt method with. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe they make a dairy-free yogurt that's a little thicker than the soy one or whatever. But yeah, mm, I can. I think I can strain it more. Because mm-hmm. you can strain... Or just try your method with the egg and go for it, I guess. Yeah, I could just do that. Yeah. Yeah, but All right, uh, you I know would, the mysteries I... of the ice water and the chicken, you can let us know. Topropechef at gmail.com. Wait, but I want to change my rating. Because I feel guilty now. Because okay. that's not fair. Zero is, is like Jerry Lawler chicken gumbo levels. Bad. Yeah. This... <laughs> that's like inedible. It... Okay. Well, mine was, but that was a personal problem. So I would like to change my rating to one and a half stars. That's commendable, Jacqueline. Thank you. <laughs> and I hope you uh, you you do a version of this recipe with something else, and it turns out magic for you. Yeah, maybe this is one you're going to have to make for me and show me that it's good. Yeah, it'd be hard to do. The yogurt thing is really throwing me for a loop, and I would probably have to go out of my way to get those gluten-free breadcrumbs because I think I mean there may be just yeah. no substitution for them. Yeah, I'm going to try them again. I have some old bread that I brought home. I was going to feed to the crows, but I'll... uh, I'll I definitely recall some of the fried recipes in this book only using flour and it being like the most disgusting thing of all time, so... Yeah, that that fish one. That was like that. So, yeah. No boy. I'll try it again. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back talking about... Bradshaw's Texas Round Steak. If you'll just listen to me, you'll understand and you'll appreciate the fact that what I did was the right thing. You see, Ron Simmons, you don't understand. He's my best friend. He always has been. We drink more beer and we've been up more roads than most of you people can ever imagine. So when Paul Heyman quit Monday night on Raw, I knew this was my chance. I knew this was my chance to get Ron's job back. I knew this was my chance to make sure that the APA stayed in business. But I'm not going to do that. Listen, I'm explaining, please. I've got a lot more than just wrestling going on. I appreciate everything that Ron Simmons has done for me. I appreciate years and years of friendship. But I've got a portfolio that has beat the stock market seven out of the last seven years. That... It's phenomenal. Welcome back to Top Rope Chef. We are here continuing our discussion and dissection of Farouk and Bradshaw and the Acolytes. And the meat. Just meat. That's all we ate this week. <laughs> and bread. Did you eat that bread? Yeah, I ate that bread. We'll get into we'll the get bread into later. The bread. <laughs> we'll get into the bread. So, 
Bradshaw, we touched on a little bit. He was Farouk's tag team partner in the APA and the Ministry of Darkness. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Just there, buds? Before that, he was in some weird tag teams as like yeah. a cowboy. Yeah, but not just a cowboy, like a snidely whiplash, like mustache cowboy. Mm-hmm. It was really uncomfortable. I didn't recognize him at all. I thought he'd only done this because he looks so different than all his other stuff. Yeah, I I didn't really glean on to him at all. He just kind of like faded into the background, didn't stand out at all. But he was a guy that just stuck around. Yeah, he was. And uh, made a name for himself. But he, like, all of his little, like, vignettes and side stuff besides the APA, it didn't go anywhere. It wasn't popular, like, at all. Like, I was looking up some stuff about him, and he was in two of the worst, like, what is are known as the worst matches of Raw and the worst matches of, I forgot what the other one was, Royal Rumble or something? I don't know. He, he doesn't seem to be great at it. He's pretty unremarkable. He wasn't great until he finally became his true ultimate form as JBL, the mean Texas rich oil man. That was so weird, though. <laughs> do you remember there was that one bit with him and Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels had to do whatever he said and then because in the in the storyline Shawn Michaels was down on his luck financially and he had no money and JBL was going to give him money but he had to do everything that he said and then he ended up giving him money and that was it do you remember that okay well, it was really weird the storylines fizzled out yeah it did but it was i don't know it's just creepy and slavish he was a world champion with that gimmick he held the title oh he really was a very hated man i remember him coming out to the ring and telling a crowd full of people santa claus isn't real <laughs> <laughs> he's that bad of a guy oh that's a great thing to do I bet he made some kids cry. <laughs> and he was at the height of wrestling when I wasn't watching wrestling at all. And I know when he retired, he did it at a WrestleMania. It was against Rey Mysterio Jr. for probably the U.S. title or the IC title. And he was just mean to Rey Mysterio for months. They finally have this match and Rey Mysterio beats him in like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and JBL, as a wrestling character, is never seen again. Walks off into the the distance. Rey Mysterio trying to make it back to his feet. Measuring his goal. There's a drop kick. JBL's in position. Here comes Mysterio. Bang! 619. Come on, Rey. He can do it. Drop for the dive. Here's the cover. Oh, my God. Oh, he's top two. He's got him. He did it. He did it again. Mysterio did it again. Wait a minute. JBL. Wait, was that like on purpose? Yeah, he wanted to retire. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So that was after the all this APA. Business. Yeah, from like two thousand four to five. Oh or six no, because so, yeah. he looks good mm-hmm. with this long dark hair and like goatee face. He had like an Andrew WK kind of thing going on. You know, she shaved it all off, dyed it blonde and wore a cowboy hat it's awful that's an awful choice like not just a cowboy hat one of those stetsons those like huge ones mm-hmm. Ugh. has like the, the bolero or whatever it is called in the on the front of it 
bolo tie? The bolo tie on the top of the the, the actual hat itself. Oh, I don't. Maybe know. it's called something else when it's on a hat, but dumb. <laughs> Not good. Was a commentator after that, and just recently left in 2017. He took over commentating after Jerry Lawler had his heart attack live on Raw, which was scary. Oh, I didn't know that. Came in to fill in for him, and um, just left, he and then he's again. still around with the company doing things. But well, when I was looking him up, the most mm-hmm. that I found about him was that he was like the bully. <laughs> like yeah. the locker room bully. He was the back the back door or not the back door, the back room locker bully. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And he was also <laughs> <laughs> he was a part of the infamous flight from hell. Do you know about that? Or hell flight? I remember somewhat of that of them telling that on a story time episode of WWE, but I kind of forget what it involves other than like Vince McMahon like freaking out. <laughs> So that's probably part of it. I didn't get that far into it. But um, so it was a plane with all these superstars on it, either, you know, going from show to show or whatever. Um, Bradshaw was on it. X-Pac was on it. Ric Flair was on it. Like all the big names. Vince and Linda McMahon were on it. Um, Michael Hayes was on it. Just a bunch of people. And everybody's like drinking and pilling. What are you taking pills and doing whatever they're doing? X Pac. This is all from an interview with X Pac I watched. So everybody's drinking. Everybody's doing pills or whatever their vice was. They were all doing it. And then Bradshaw fell asleep. And Michael Hayes came up and like, you know, if you like, if you don't have make like a fist, but you stick your knuckles out in the front. Like a like. It's, it's called a it's called a leper paw if you're in professional or much. A arts. leopard paw. Leper paw. Leper. Oh 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 okay. <laughs> I want to call it a leopard paw. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and you make a leopard paw, and you like cracked him in the head, and he made his head bleed. So then Bradshaw stood up and punched Michael Hayes in the face. Michael Hayes fell down, and the next pot got up. And he cut off his mullet ponytail that he had, <laughs> which probably needed to be done. But then also on this flight, um, somebody, I forgot who it was, tried to pee in Linda McMahon's face because they thought she was a toilet because they were so drunk. Everybody was just so drunk. Um, most notably, though, Rick Flair was wearing nothing but his robe, like his open robe. He was just naked walking up and down the aisles of this plane. Oh, and Mr. Perfect, he was the instigator. He and X-Pac, I want to say, started brawling and threw each other into the emergency door of the plane. That's when Vince McMahon started freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> this is, but that's all That's all I know about Bradshaw. <laughs> all right, get into this recipe. Then. All right, Bradshaw's Smothered Texas Round Steak. Bradshaw is the resident stock, not livestock, expert in the Federation. This big old Texan can hold his own with any stock market analyst, and this all-American red meat dish is truly so good you'll want to package it, take it to Wall Street, and go public with it. <laughs> sources say this former... Mm, what's that? Sources, Abilene? Sources say this former Abilene Christian all-American offensive tackle likes to pour on the onions. 
which sounds like a profitable investment to me. So when we were, uh, when I was reading this, I did not understand all these finance references. But now it's the mm-hmm. oil man thing, right? That's it? Yeah, he, he, he's also like a self-made millionaire. That's like nothing to do with wrestling. Oh. He's made a lot of good investments in technology and things. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. He even has like a finance website where you can like get news about finances. Oh. <laughs> Unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so the ingredients are one two-pound round steak, about a quarter inch thick, freshly ground white pepper to taste or chili powder for extra attitude, two teaspoons of olive oil, two medium white onions peeled and sliced, one beef boolean cube, and one and a and one to one and a half cups of water, or one twelve-ounce can of beer, like Bradshaw makes it. There's only three steps to this recipe. Step one: trim the meat and cut. It into one, three. How do you say that? <laughs> one by three inch slices. Thanks. <laughs> Trim the meat and cut into one by three inch slices. Sprinkle it with the white pepper. Step two: preheat a large nonstick skillet over high heat. Add the oil. In batches, if necessary, brown the meat on all sides about three minutes. Step three: add the onions. Add the bouillon cube and enough of the water to cover the bottom of the pan by a quarter inch or add the beer. Cover and reduce the heat to medium-low and simmer until tender, 20 to 40 minutes, depending on the thickness of the meat. Make six to eight servings. Brad, why don't you talk about your steak experience? My steak experience, first of all, was I cheated a little bit because you gave me a pro tag team tip. I did. And told me to marinate the steak before I started cooking it. And I did it a whole 24 hours in the beer with the bouillon cube and some onions cut up. And uh, so I, I sort of had an edge there. I did everything as instructed, preheated the pan, uh, oil, browned each side for about three minutes, and then added the onions and everything. Is there is it called smothering? Is this like the type of cooking method where you like cook? Like meat in a, like a liquid? Is that what that's called? I thought smothering is when you put a bunch of like onions and stuff on top of your steak. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't that know. <laughs> and everything cooked out. Like there was no beer at the at the end of this in my pan. Um, a lot of the onions had burned to the bottom of the pan. Maybe I should have used more beer. Wait. That probably would have caused it. Did you cover it or no? Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, and it cooked out? Yep, everything cooked out. All the liquid was gone. Why can't I not cook? <laughs> <laughs> I should have added some more beer to, to probably offset the onions. I also, I found a rogue piece of steak that was still in the bag. Because I, I put everything in a Ziploc bag to sit overnight. And I put that in after I'd browned all the sides of the steak for three minutes. And I like specifically like saw this piece in there. I was like, I wonder if that was going to taste any better. And I like that one a lot better because it was juicier. It, it didn't have like the browning on either side. So it wasn't like didn't have that crunch to yeah. it. And that would be almost the way I'd prefer of, to cook the whole recipe. Is just totally skip t- step uh, two on this thing. Step two. Yeah. Yeah, the browning. I would prefer yeah. to just marinate it like I told you to do and then cook it on the grill. Mm-hmm. That would be the way to do it, I think. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah. the. I mean, the cooking in the beer was fine. It, you know, it disappeared. I'd already bought the beer for the next recipe here, so not a big deal. The onions were probably the best part, though, to be honest. Oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> 
I poured in a bunch of chili powder. I like tipped over the chili powder thing, and, like yeah. a bunch fell out, and I was like, "Ah, it's probably fine." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <It was. laughs> and I even added a little bit of salt and pepper, which they don't recommend, but I like that on my steak, specifically the pepper. And um, I had it with a side of sauerkraut because that's just the thing I've been doing is throwing sauerkraut in the side of everything I eat, and it's been a pleasant surprise. This has been sour. This good. has been sauerkraut corner with Brad. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sauerkraut kraut. I'm in it. Did so but how was your steak? Was it tough? I'm going down a sauerkraut route. There, ah, there we go. My steak was fine, other than it was the one piece was better than all the others. Oh. Mine was tough as nails. Yeah. It was awful. That marination probably helped quite I a bit. I think so. Cause I did it exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Not exactly like I said for the chicken where it wasn't actually exactly. This is I followed every single thing to the letter. And it was so gross and so tough. I tried to... For some reason, your liquid didn't cook out of the pan, No, it didn't at all. It just, like, pooled in the bottom. So it was like boiling a steak and beer, which I was like, oh, maybe. Nope. (laughs) I wonder, though, maybe I have, like, my pan seals are too tight or I don't know. I don't know. I think there's probably other ways I'd rather eat steak, but it was a fine way to cook it, I guess. It would just not be one I'd prefer. I didn't do the mistake I did last time and try and make a gravy out of the beer. I think I did that. Your mistake steak? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was a mistake steak, but not mine. I don't think anybody's ever made this recipe. I bet Bradshaw's made this. It seems like a Bradshaw recipe. I bet he's hired a chef to do it properly. If he's a millionaire. I bet Farouk made his, too. He probably I, made I it. I don't know if they've made the third recipe in this thing we're going to talk about, but these two, I believe. They absolutely did not make that recipe. <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, this was gross. I had it over mashed potatoes, and the mashed potatoes are really good with the onions on it. That's what I'm saying. you got to have some sides to these things sometimes. I know that's kind of like up to you with these recipes. They're just entrees. But some recommends would be nice. Recommend with this, you that's know? That's what we're here for, though. Right. Cook it with some uh, mushed peas or something. That'd be that'd be good. Mushed peas? Yeah. You never had that with like fish and chips? It's like an English thing. Just having like cooked peas mushed up with a little bit of like lemon and salt and stuff. It's good. Oh, that does sound good. Yeah. I think I'd like to have that instead of the steak. Oh, what kind of beer do you use? <laughs> Miller Lite, baby. Ah, classic. Classic. <laughs> Went classic in it. I used a Bell's Best Brown, which I feel like I very much wasted that beer. What do you give this recipe? I give this recipe 3.35. Whoa. I'm going very specific here. That is really high. I give this recipe... But, but with your pro tip, I think it's what, drag it up, maybe even a full whole point. I think so. I give this recipe one star. I'll marinate it. I'll marinate something in beer and grill it. I'll do that all day. We got third recipe we've been talking about this whole time. Acolytes beer bread. We're not going to take a break. We're just going to get right into wow, that. Okay. Acolytes beer bread. Cut off my legs and call me shorty if this isn't the easiest homemade bread recipe you've ever seen. Can't you just imagine Bradshaw and Farouk with matching pastel aprons in the kitchen, making fresh bread for the boys at the weekly poker game? Very touching. Four ingredients to this recipe. Three cups self-rising flour, one tablespoon sugar, one six-pack of beer, one tablespoon butter, 
melted. Step 1. Preheat the oven at 325 degrees. Step 2. In a large bowl, blend the flour and sugar. Quickly mix in one can of beer. Put the mixture into a greased 9 by 5 inch loaf pan. Wet your fingers and smooth the top. Step 3. Bake for one hour or until golden brown. Step 4. Drink the other five beers while you're waiting. 5. Brush the top of the bread with melted butter. Make six servings. Jack, what do you think about Acolyte's beer bread? Zero stars. The most disgusting recipe in this book. (laughs) Five stars. What? Five stars. It's so good, Jacqueline. What? (laughs) Get out of here. Five stars. Brad, this episode is going to tear us apart. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Can I I give you my reasoning? First of all, it's definitely, it was going to get a four-star rating just for a taste alone, right? No. Oh, wow. It, the bread was great. What? I cut, I cut into this bread, put a little butter on it. It was good. I cut into the bread, buttered it, and I toasted it in a pan for a little while. Even better. Added some cheese to it. Incredible. Would have been a four-star recipe. Here's why it's five oh stars. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I am going to be on a path to improving this recipe making different kinds of breads trying out different things it's opened a pandora's bread box oh my god got him <laughs> and i am just so excited to make more bread the floodgates are open the bread line is is i'm in line with it it's so easy to make only like a few ingredients one of them's beer Get on board with that, and it was wonderful. I can't. <laughs> I have. I'm. I'm. On one hand, I'm happy for you because I. I don't think I've ever seen you this energized and excited by this book, like by any recipes <laughs> in this book. But on the other hand, I really can't believe you because this was so gross. It was so gross. I. I I'm. Pu- I'm putting photos of of the bread uh, where you can see them. If you look below, um, what did, what beer did you use? What flour did you use? Because those are the only two really things that can really switch it up, right? That's true. I used gluten-free flour, which is what I always use. I did my own little paleo blend because that has like some almond meal in it. And I thought that would like help things along and help it taste like a little richer because I can't use real flour. Um, so maybe that was it. I don't know. Um, but... And I, wait, I think I might have made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I can't bake. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? So it said self-rising flour. And I thought that, wow, your bread is beautiful. It tastes so good. So I was assuming, without thinking at all, that self-rising flour meant there was yeast in it. But is that right, or is there baking powder in self-rising flour? That's a question for Google. It has a lot of ingredients on them. None of them, like, jump out as baking powder, but there might be some sort of, like, chemical or something that is code for uh, yep. baking powder. Yep, it's baking powder. So the reason my bread was so gross is because I put yeast in it. And, which is, it has, which is what is in beer... But I also put a beer in it and then yeast. And that's probably a lot of the reason it was so gross. I, oh, that's, oh, that's so shameful. You know what? Let's append this one and get back to it. Yeah. But we can, we can talk about it a little bit. Jacqueline, this, this recipe is so simple and easy. It was great. I had two pro tips because I have an inside man 
I have a friend online named Elka who bake, breaks, he bakes bread all the time. He shows me photos of his bread. Okay. He's got bread on the brain. He might have like a, a yeast in his in his head that's just like controlling him to make the most beautiful breads I've ever seen. That sounds seen. like an infection. He's also he also lives in Germany, so that might be part of it oh, as well. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> but he he went I went over like, "Hey, give me some hot bread tips to help me get my bread to where it needs to be." First of all, he's never made beer bread before, so talking to him about it was like blowing his Whoa, mind. Whoa, he's in Germany and he's never made beer bread? Right. What <laughs> is going on over there? He told me to let the dough sit overnight, which I did. And he told me to put some water in the oven while the bread was cooking. Oh, yeah, so it doesn't dry out. Mm-hmm. You, did that, you did that with... Huh, interesting. Yep, the only thing my bread doesn't have is it could be a little prettier. What? For it's whatever gorgeous. reason, I thought I thought it would, like, mold together and look nicer. But you kind of have to shape it yourself in the pan. And that's what, um, step... What is it? Wet your fingers? There is a step, step in here. Two. Wet your fingers and smooth the top. That's to make the bread look pretty, which I didn't I... do. Because it just sounded kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to wet your fingers and smooth your dough. <laughs> yeah. But I think that it looks prettiest when it has that big crack in the middle like yours does. Yeah, it's cracked up, yo. Wow. Um, well, I, I just f***ed up every recipe this week. I didn't do one thing right. <laughs> wow. That's a bummer. Well, what beer did you use? I used Miller Lite. Oh. I went for, I got dogfish head pumpkin ale. Because I was like, oh, a little pumpkin spice flavor. That would be so good. Man. I did a bunch of research. Everyone was kind of saying the beer is going to cook out regardless if it's flavored or not. So I took that advice and just got the Miller Lite cheap beer. And now I'm on a path to making my own bread whenever I want to. Yes. That is a thing incredible. you should do. Bread is great. I, I put it in two different uh, 9x5s because I thought it would rise more than it did. Yeah. I could probably just have put it on one and made like one big loaf of bread. Yeah. Now it's just like two like kind of nice loaves, which I mean now I get two loaves of bread, but it's you know. And also, if you're buying a six pack of beer, why stop at two loaves? Just go for six. Six loaves of bread, freeze it. Yeah. So I mean, self rising flour I think was like a dollar fifty. A tablespoon of sugar has to cost like what ten cents, if that. Your beer's gonna be a dollar, and you know some butter's gonna be some change, but you can make a giant loaf of bread for like a buck. Yeah. Bread is not expensive to make. No, no. I am. All right. We're going to do an addendum. I'm going to do this again because I could do a good (laughs) job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I should not have. uh, This is you know what? This is what I get for doing the bare minimum. Can't do it. I got to I got to I got to put in some effort. You got to full ass everything. And I was like researching things like I'll do the recipe as is, but I want to be prepared as possible for what may happen. I'm doing scouting, Jacqueline. I'm knowing my opponent before I get into that ring. You're sneaking and getting inside, outside, inside (laughs) information. Yep. You know what? I'm hitting the pavement, figuring out who's who's what, who's bad, who's good. And I am just exploiting weaknesses. And doing the best I can with what I've got. All right, so you you embarrassed me at a big giant at a at a Money in the Bank match. You shamed me, you shamed <laughs> me publicly. But I'm coming back next week. I'm coming back, and I'm gonna get you. Let's see if Jacqueline puts her money where her mouth is and beats me next time we have an episode. Talk to us, topropechef at gmail.com. I highly recommend you making this bread recipe. Letting us know how it is. Follow it as written. 
as we've talked about it. Put that water in there and just for fun, keep that bread from drying out and tasting good. Facebook.com slash Top Rope Chef. Twitter.com slash Top Rope Chef. Thanks for rating, liking, and subscribing to us. Thanks. Bye.